0: Okay, this is another episode of the podcast. We are still teaching uh, topics in biblical theology. And welcome. Glad you're listening in this section. Uh, this will be, I suppose, part three of several uh, studies on the Holy Spirit. I'm kind of keeping them, I'm breaking them down and so that I'm not like going uh, two hour messages. These are about 20 minutes. Or 30 minutes. And so now we've uh, we've jumped into our next heading, which is the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. So we looked at the convicting work of the Holy Spirit and new birth. Uh, we, we looked at the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And then um, now we're going to look at the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. See you in a moment. Let's take a deep dive. So now we're looking at the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. I love the verses we're going to study because of the hope they bring me. Because I'm new and I need to be transformed, ever being changed and growing, improved and maturing, made more and more into what God wants me to be. I think these verses will bless your heart as well. 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all second corinthians three eighteen but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, our present tense happening now into the same image, from glory to glory, just as how by the spirit of the Lord, again, a work of the Holy Spirit transforming our lives, we all with unveiled faces, uh you know. This is we all, (laughs) every one of us have an opportunity, the benefit, the blessing available. Do we take advantage or do we even know it's there? It's there. We have that uh, opportunity to live with unveiled face. In other words, not pretending to face, not hiding, just wide open before the Lord. Uh, Open, humble, eager, needy. Asking with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the mirrors God has created to reflect his glory, to help reveal what he's like in the kingdom of heaven, how we on earth can take that mirror and it, and heaven's reflected in it um one mirror that reflects the glory of the lord uh, there's three of them i think the heavens declare the glory of the lord it's kind of like a mirror when you look at creation and when you look at the uh universe what does it show the glory of the lord i, I mean the universe is amazing uh you know who could make the millions of galaxies stars so big you could put our whole solar system inside and it's beautiful it's wonderful in the place i live in um, general revelation the glory of the lord it's revealed it's a mirror when you look at the you know at at the valleys at the peaks of the mountains at the the beautiful geology and and plant life and animal life in the rivers and the lakes and oh it's just so gorgeous and it just screams out the glory of God. But you know what? The mirror is somewhat marred and scarred. I mean, there's there's pollution, uh, there's smog, there's, you know, trash and um, litter and things like that, marred by sin, marred by man. There's another mirror besides that. Um, it's the body of Christ. You know, God dwells in his people and you should be able to, you know, look at the church, the people of God and see the glory of the Lord. And and you can, you really can. It's amazing. The beautiful body of Christ. I love it, love it, love it. How it stands out, sticks out compared to the world around us, the salt, the light. But it's not always that way. Again, it's marred by sin in the flesh of man. You know, you look at it like a wavy carnival mirror and it's like distorted. And it's because of our flesh, the self-life, the... The what's in it for me, selfishness of uh, the fallen humanity, the total depravity of man. And yet the flawless, uh, there's another mirror. The third mirror I want to talk about is the flawless mirror. That's the word of God. The word of God is like a mirror. And it's a mirror like set on earth that reflects the glory of the Lord out of heaven perfectly, right into time and space, into our hearts and minds, And you do need this third mirror to explain the other two uh, concerning creation and church and people and humanity. Uh, We've got to have the word of God. And so we come with unveiled face to the word of God, looking for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ in it. And we're transformed into that same image. What image? The glory of the Lord. The image of the very person of the Lord Jesus Christ, transformed in the same image from glory to glory. And how does that happen? It's by the Spirit of the Lord. Again, a powerful, mighty work of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the the work of transformation. I need it. I need it today for sure. And the Holy Spirit wants to guide us into the truth of the word, So that we'll see and we'll be transformed into the same image from glory to glory. In other words, from one degree of Christ-likeness into another by the Spirit of the Lord, we're to be changed. We are being transformed. We are being changed. I'm not meant to stay the same. When I was born again in 1992, uh, there was a radical metamorphosis, a change in my life. And yet, I can't. Say, okay, well, that was then. What about today? I got to change more. And um, I want to look less and less and unrecognizable. And I do thank God, like the person I was before I was saved, and yet that stuff can creep back in. I want to look more and more like Jesus who saved us. But, you know, it isn't by my might nor by my power or my resources or my will or my intellect—that's uh, what the world teaches. It's by our resolve. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps. You can do it. Try harder. You know, like um, Yoda would say, "Don't try, do." And but it's really a relationship with Jesus, and it's through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit—he's the transformer, and we can't. Uh, sure, we can cope and me- and and modify behavior, sure, we can learn techniques. But if it isn't the work of the Holy Spirit, it's wood, hay, stubble. It doesn't have eternal value. That's when he says, you know, without me, you can do nothing, no thing, zilch, zero, nada. You can do nothing. That is of value, eternity, eternal that glorifies God. So in other words, sure, we could build a rocket and put a man on the moon. Yeah, we could... Uh, build empires. We could build businesses and we could do lots of things, but we can do nothing that is pleasing to the Lord without it being the very transforming dynamic and work of his Holy Spirit by his grace. And we'll be studying more of that as we go on. It's just amazing uh, the amount of scriptures on the transforming work of the Spirit. And yet the church You know, um, they don't talk about it. The answer to change, you know, uh, was, uh, you know, like, get after it. (laughs) You know, when I was first saved, and I'm thinking, God, I am saved, by the way. And I was by myself. My life was falling apart. I was a uh, hot rod mechanic. I owned a a shop on Valley Boulevard in Walnut, California. I built hot rods, a bit, built Chevelle's Nova's um, um, Camaro's Chevy guy, old muscle cars. And this was back in the eighties and the nineties. And so I was there working on these things. I just graduated. I, I was also an aircraft mechanic at the time. And I kind of did this uh, hobby at night and I finally quit my other job and I became a full-time, hot rod mechanic and party animal, professional party animal. While I was building people's hot rods, they kind of uh, like, those kind of people like to party. And so I, sometimes I I would be empty inside. I'd think, you know, what is life about? You know, I was, I would toss and turn (laughs) on bed at night thinking there's got to be more to life than this. And it was a fun life, actually. Southern California, uh, rock and roll, lots of, uh, lots of music, lots of fast cars, and all that lifestyle that goes with it. And in my shop, I had a flat roof and a ladder that went up to the flat flat roof. And everyone I'd go up there, um, read a book or two or something, typically something philosophy, trying to find myself. And one day I grabbed a Bible and I read 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and I thought, oh my, this is speaking to me. How could this book know so much about me? And it was, the, it was the Holy Spirit revealing Christ to me, drawing me to salvation, convicting me of sin. And as I turned to the back of that Bible, actually, it was a Gideon's Bible, probably took it from one of the hotels I was in or something. And I read the back of the Gideon's Bible. I began to weep. It just laid out the plan of salvation. I signed my name on that thing. I was, I, I was born again. I believed. And God saved my soul. I didn't know anything. What do I do next? You know, All I knew is I needed to change. Something wasn't right. Uh, the Spirit of God was wanting to transform my life. I knew something had to change. So this was during Desert Storm in the early 90s. And so I thought, uh, uh, you know, I'm join the Army. And that's what I'll do. That'll change me. And and so I joined the army. It's crazy. Yeah. And so I went off and uh, uh, praise the Lord. He gave me Christian men, godly men in the military. Believe that or not. It was a Bible-believing, born-again first sergeant, a lieutenant colonel that was the uh, commander. Bible-believing, born-again. The Holy Spirit was there guiding me into all truth, transforming me into his image from glory to glory, even in the United States Army. And uh, many, many Christians, I would say, don't know this transforming work of the Holy Spirit. That's uh, it's available always. And sometimes the teaching we get in the churches we're at and on the radio and on religious TV, in some of our best churches, you get the impression it's pretty much up up to me, you know, self-help. Uh, and that's not a very big hope because I made a mess of my life, but it is tempting. I can do this, you know, be all you can be. I, you know, I'll get to work on it. It's up to me. I'm going to make it happen. But what a frustration. And, um, and you know, it's not a, a certain denomination or certain church of believers that give an impression. It's kind of, it's across the board denominationally. It's a church issue. And, you know, you could see this everywhere from Methodist Lutherans, Episcopalian, Baptist, and Calvary chapels, by the way. I love my family, but, uh, you know, we don't have the monopoly on the truth of God. And uh, we don't have it all together, that's for sure. And, uh, I mean, if it's an unbiblical way to think that we're the only ones. Um, and, you know, I praise God, though. For the work of Calvary Chapel. And I praise God that I become part of this family. But um, I'm thankful that I'm forgiven. And I have right standing with God. But I want to grow. And I don't want to get caught up in this growth that it's up to me. I mean, it's just frustrating. And I want to be better. I want to please the Lord. I want to walk through this life uh, pleasing God. And scriptures teach to live godly in this present age. And I don't have the power in my own strength. And then I go to church and I hear, here's the way you are. Here's where you need to be. Now you need to get serious. And, and you know, and and I go, (laughs) is there any help? and i hear these messages what i ought to do what i what i ought not to do what i get to do and come on get committed get serious let's do this you know and nothing about the holy spirit of god at work available to transform and change and empower uh, a life the indwelling work of the spirit got to have it got to have it transforming work of the spirit Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, and we'll be there in a moment. Let's check it out. Okay, we're in Romans 8, verse 4, and a little insight of why Jesus came to earth. um, What it would result in, the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. The transforming work of the Spirit. That's our topic. That's where we're at in this study of the Holy Spirit. That he will transform you. And in this verse, um, it's according to the Spirit. What's according to the Spirit? Uh, let's talk a little bit about the righteous requirement of the law. What is that? What is, what is the righteous requirement of the law? God's law... Uh, has a righteous requirement. I think it could be summarized as be holy, or maybe even be holy, be loving, be perfect. That's a great way to summarize the law. Be perfectly loving and holy, just like God is. That's the righteous requirement of the law be holy, not be better or not be less bad than you were yesterday. We got to hear what it says, you know. Um, you need to be holy. That's what it is. And what is perfectly loving and holy? What's the standard? God. Be holy I the Lord, your God, am holy. Be just like me. That's the righteous requirement of the law. I mean, it's a high, lofty, unattainable requirement. The righteous requirement of the law. I'm, I'm faced with the problem. I'm not holy. I'm not perfectly loving. And yeah, good things developing, but not even close. I fall short of the glory of God. And even if there was holy loving perfect things developing, maturing in my life, it's God at work in the first place. None good but God alone. So if anything good, it's God. So there's a problem. I can't fulfill the law. How can this call to be holy, to be righteous, be fulfilled in us. The righteous requirement of the law, how is it fulfilled in us? The answer is the transforming work of the Spirit of God. It's what we're studying. God has the answer. Our sinful flesh, our humanity cannot overcome. Uh, trying to learn these things from, uh, you know, godless psychotherapists, they ain't going to help that. They're not going to point us to the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, God has the answer sinful flesh, death, crucifixion, I've been crucified with Christ, uh, renouncing the, the old man is dead, put it to death through Jesus, so that now by the Spirit, He can fulfill the law in us as we walk in the Spirit, and we could be free. Not to walk in the flesh, not to walk carnally. And so the law is being fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That's what it says. Such liberating truth for me. Uh, What's walking according to the flesh? Well, when I trust in myself, I have uh, self-sufficiency, self-resource. I have to say no to that the righteous requirement of the law cannot be fulfilled in lives that are creating their own manufacturing their own Christian life because what is born of the flesh is flesh the adamic nature what we inherited from our first father our first uh, the first man adam um we it's flesh and so in order to f- fulfill the righteous requirement of the law it has to be Those of us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And that's what it is, is day by day. I have to say no. I look in the mirror when I wake up. I got a sticky note. And I say no to Jeff and yes to Jesus. I have to, you know, get up, brush my teeth. I look at the sticky note and I'm reminded day by day, morning by morning. I want to live by what God alone can do. What he can provide, supply. What he can do in me and through me. Instead of myself, trying to be holy and living up to the law. and uh, But then when he does it, guess what? The be holy is increasingly fulfilled. It, and, and it's increasingly because it's a progress. It's not in an instant. Romans chapter 8 is about a walk, the spirit-filled life. And often I hear this crazy messages that I prayed for holiness and I was made holy. No way. That doesn't work that way. Uh, you know, maybe in heaven where righteousness dwells and that's called glorification. But until then, it's sanctification. Um, It's when... We're walking in and yielding to the work of God himself, the Holy Spirit in us and through us. so it's process. it's growing here on earth and it's all through a relationship and so um, you know and because this, this verse here, you know if we want to uh, prove this pastor that this is a, uh, this is a unfolding uh, a progress, well, it says the word walk. And I would say the, the walk has to do with progressing and, and moving down the path of discipleship. And, um, you know, stretching, yes, but it's an increase, a growing, a transformation. But it's not our work. We, our work is to open our hearts, to yield, to give our lives uh, moment by moment to the Holy Spirit and it's practically really going through life prayerfully. It's a prayer. You know, I need to set my mind on God. I need to think heavenly thoughts. I need to be in his presence and uh, the things of the spirit instead of things in the flesh and our power. And uh, Colossians chapter three, verses one and two, seek those things which are above. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life was hidden with Christ. So it's like, You know, Brother Andrew, I think he wrote that book, you know, um, practicing the presence of Jesus or praying without ceasing as we go through life. Lord, empower me for this. Lord, enable me to do it your way with your strength. Uh, Lord, do the right thing in me. Uh, God, give me love and patience right now. Give me boldness, Lord, and your word to speak in this moment. you know, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, empower me step by step, moment by moment conversation. You know, today I fully uh, uh, had a a battle with this and I needed to be filled with the spirit. I wish I would have uh, studied through this. Um, uh, I wish it was top of mind. But, you know, I got into it with, um, you know, my my teenager and i just um you uh, can get smart with me and i just want to you know get smart back with them and i want to be more like christ i want god at work in my life that's holiness it's the transforming work of the spirit of god <laughs>